DogZone 9000, the official podcast of 1900hotdog.com. Now, the final media website of any kind. We are supported entirely through Patreon. Now's the perfect time to go visit and help pay our all-star cast of writers. Patreon.com slash 1900hotdog. I'm beloved internet mainstay Sean Baby, and my co-host was voted Mr. Congeniality in the 2008 Meat Magazine's beefiest bulge blowout, the great Robert Brockway. Those motherfuckers robbed me. Beef Boy Brockway. <laughs> I got a Brockway. I got a Beef Boy Brockway fact. When the original Robert Brockway dies, it is stipulated in his will that he is to be replaced by uh, Robert Broxy. No follow-up questions. <laughs> None needed. Uh, our guest is a podcaster of great renown, host of Creature Feature, and co-host of Secretly Incredibly Fascinating. She is the whiz kid Katie did. Katie Golden. It's me. I'm Meet Katie. Meet. <laughs> meet. Katie. Meet Katie is my name. And you were a judge at the uh, Meat Magazine's Beefiest Bulge Blowout. That's uh, right. Why didn't you pick Robert? Well, you know Put what? Put right on the spot. Listen, I know me some sirloin. Uh, <laughs> and Brockway, he's more of like a duke of loin. I don't know. That's still a high Mr. praise. Mr. Loin. I will, I will accept duke of loin <laughs> on a t-shirt that like I wear. like a loin wear. dentist. He's like yeah. a loin DDS. Yeah. Dr. Loin. Paging Dr. Loin. Now, I plugged uh, both the podcasts you're on. Um, is there anything else uh, we should plug? Where, where can people find you? Eh. No, that's that's fine. Okay, okay. I guess uh, some more news, of course. You're a writer. Yeah, I write news. for that when you mm-hmm. want to hear about news. Yeah. And who it's does? Never I good. don't. Yeah. Uh, that's what I like about our podcast because we talk about Important issues, sure, but happy ones. Yeah. Uh, like today, we're talking about uh, Escape from Death Block 13. That's movie. Which is a really... I'm glad you liked it. Uh, yeah. <laughs> now, because you're a, you're a science educator and an evolutionary biologist, all of these great things. So obviously, we wanted you on to talk about the 2021 film Escape from Death Block 13. Uh, the movie opens with Robert Bronzy, the great Robert Bronzy, alone in a room looking through old pictures. Uh, these might be of himself. They might be of Charles Bronson. It's hard to say. Um, then he puts on the exact Charles Bronson costume from Mr. Majestic and leaves. So I guess this is uh, an interesting point that in these movies, Robert Bronson wears wardrobes from Charles Bronson movies. Uh, well, you're talking about possibly from the from estate. Death Block 13, right? Yes. Okay. We're now in the movie. Okay. Yeah. We're so in that the movie. like I have a confession, you guys. Mm-hmm. I watched it on two times speed. That's um, fine. Yeah. That's and the best I way to think it, it actually made the movie probably better than what you guys watched. Cause, uh, no question. It was fantastic. Like, <laughs> the choreography was so good when it was sped up like that. And I, I, yes! it, I slowed it down, uh, and it was so boring. And then I sped it back up to two times speed, and it was incredible. We hold up like full two times, not one point two five. No, or whatever. full two times. Look, I was able so to. He, underst- so he was Alvin and the Chipmunks. No, I was able to understand what they were saying when it was two times because I think I don't doubt it. Well, they spoke so slowly, mm-hmm. and their sentences were so simple and stupid. And you get a lot of time between those sentences, right? And like and the sentences are things like, "Did you like the coffee?" I like to put honey in my coffee. <laughs> Things are run a little different. Notes about that scene, yeah. <laughs> Things are a little different in my prison. Don't you agree? Pause I for sure five do, minutes. I should do, Charles Bronson. Yes. Anyway. My name is Mike Charles Bronson. 
Anyways, I'm putting the the death block before the horse, so let's let's go let's go back uh, to your schedule. <laughs> okay, thank you. Um, so I guess I mentioned this earlier, but he he kind of the thing about Robert Bronson is for about three years he looked exactly like old Charles Bronson, and now suddenly he looks like a Charles Bronson impersonator in a Tim and Eric sketch. So I want you to picture that while we talk about him doing this Charles Bronson movie. Uh, anyway, he's driving through a small town. He stops in a hardware store for a ball peen hammer. We're in no rush. Katie's watching it at two times speed. It probably feels like a normal movie to her. Um, <laughs> he heads into a tire crushing factory, which uh, I think is a great setting, and turns out to be a uh, Chekhov's tire crusher, which is, uh, I yeah. did not expect that. When that came back later, I'm like, oh, of course, it's fucking brilliant filmmaking. Um, I think he's being dubbed with his own voice in this movie. Or maybe a very sleepy Turkish cab driver. He was so uh, sleepy the whole movie. Really? Very sleepy. It, very I, sleepy. Like I just, I wanted to curl up into a little, little croissant, and just go to sleep to his voice. This movie was some real ASMR. Mm-hmm. I do have a clip here. You must pay the money for my brother. It is the law. It is in his contract with you. So that's the like uh, the stakes in the movie. It uh, his brother died. Well, hold on. That's not the stakes of the movie. The stakes <laughs> of the movie are $12,749.75. Right. No, but you, you, this movie. you don't you but that is <laughs> because, took out the uh, because it is the law. It is the law. It is the yeah, law. Yeah, a lot of movies, the badass shows up uh, and he's like, give me the money. And he kind of makes it clear like, that's all I want, and that's the principle of this thing. I will kill everybody to get this small amount of money, but like, I I, I play by these rules, and he this guy's just like, like a really slow motion Karen. Like I'm gonna I, let me speak to your manager. It says here this is double coupon day, and uh, and these guys are obviously you know thugs. They're like we're not gonna give you money. He's like ha fuck you fuck you dead brother. He throws him a quarter, uh, which you might have deduced mathematically from what Brockway just said. Uh, so in any other movie, you'd be like, these guys are about to die. But uh, here it really feels like our hero might cry and threaten a mean Yelp review. See, here's, there's like a, there's a vibe through this movie where mm -hmm. I think they were going for, we want him to be like the, the simple uncorrupted foreigner. Right. Who was who facing down corruption, which is, which is like a trope. It's a trope. It's a, it's something they're trying to pull off. What they don't pull off, and what they do actually pull off, is just a complete idiot <laughs> who is like really good natured and does not understand that he stumbled into a bad situation. Because when yes. they, he asks for the the life insurance money on his brother, he thinks his brother died here by accident in the tire crushing factory run by the mafia, and just he doesn't even get it from like right there. They're clearly the mafia, and he doesn't right. get it. And right. then he says it's twelve thousand seven hundred and fifty dollars that they owe him. And like the guy's like, get the fuck out of here! And he flips him a quarter, and like, there's your money. And he just looks at him and he goes, oh, where's the rest of the money? <laughs> right. Like he's like he's starting to pay him and is going to continue flipping yeah. him quarters or just like making exact change. It's, it's like, not oh, like not a enough. simple. This it's guy not a simple a, foreigner thing. This guy is on a blissful level of Xanax. This is. Mm -hmm. I, I feel like it is. He he does like his face muscles don't really move. Um, even when he's like getting beaten up, uh, he doesn't really react much. It just feels mm -hmm. like he is the walking embodiment of Xanax. I yeah. don't, I don't understand 
why there was the need for this for many reasons. I don't because Charles Bronson fans are all dead because because his legacy was not that impactful. But also like if this is the stunt work and the choreography you're having him do because it's very careful because he's an old man. He's an old mm-hmm. man they're being very careful with him, but like the reason we still well, we still the reason somebody still watches like Steven Seagal and Bruce Willis is that they used to be really good at this. Right. And they've made like this legacy. So now Steven Seagal can just sit in a chair during a fight and it's fine. But without having any legacy, like Steven Seagal can't bust on the scene today as a 70 year old man that sits in a chair and doesn't do anything. But so why are we, why do we need, why do we need Robert Bronzy to do exactly that? I would argue we don't. And I think the public agrees. Uh, I mean, you guys are are forgetting uh, a few pivotal scenes in which he, um, I guess, has an RPG. I guess we'll get to that later, huh? Yeah, we'll we'll get we'll get to the RPG. Um, Yeah, I want to be clear that like I'm establishing my mood as I watch this movie because there's a point about 20 minutes in, uh, 10 minutes in for Katie, about 20 minutes in (laughs) where all of these questions, like all my notes up to that point, are just the word what in like increasingly large and different colored fonts. This movie really turns it around. It it really yes after uh, that point. Like it, it like it's real sleepy time. Like go to bed early on in the movie, and then it's like getting a little bit of coffee later on when they start arming Robert Bronzy. When they bring in the coffee, yes, yeah, yeah. they bring in the <laughs> they do bring in coffee. coffee. That might be the point, but yeah, there's but a point where it's just the coffee. Like you can is, narrow it down. The coffee is a metaphor for when the movie gets better. Fucking kicks ass. <laughs> So, I, I guess uh, I do want to talk about the fight scene in the in the tire factory because sure. uh, it starts. He he looks at the quarter and he says, and I quote, "What about the rest of the money?" Okay, and then they, <laughs> they they take him downstairs. They start they start beating him up, and um, I still am pretty sure that he's like secretly a badass, right? But um, the movie has now changed my mind. I'm convinced for probably a minute and a half that oh, he's just some old guy, like. Th- like, the fucking movie poster tricked me. But then he stands up and he starts beating everybody up. And it is laugh out loud funny. He's, he's like, uh, it, it's, at one point he literally turns his back and he, he slowly backs into a bear hug. Because like Broadway says, he's an old man. They're trying not to hurt him. Uh, he grabs one of the guys and he hides behind him while his friend shoots him. And his friend is like three feet away. It is so fucking funny. His friend like almost puts the gun into his buddy's belly and pulls the trigger. Um, they finally get the drop on him and knock him out and they just cut to him in police custody. And now, um, all hell I like that you also don't comment on this moment because the movie doesn't comment on this moment, but they get the drop on him when the main villain, the main mafia guy literally slides across the floor, like risky business. (laughs) He just zooms into the scene, like on wheels. and, And all of a sudden he's there and he has a shotgun in his head. And I was waiting for them to be like, Oh, this guy skateboards. Like, yeah. here's our skateboarding mafia villain. But they n- nobody ever addresses it. It's what so a great fucking bizarre. That would be. I mean, slippery, uh, <laughs> slippery floors in the tire factory. He just knows, like, from practice, exactly how far to slide. Mm-hmm. Yeah. To get the well, drop on a man with a shotgun. Charles Bronson can't detect sliding. He can hear footsteps, but he's blind to sliding. He's got the uh, wheelies. You know, the sneakers that have little wheels. Oh on them? yeah. You'd never expect that <laughs> to be a villain. Very much that vibe. You tell there's a, a child Healy's up to him. Yep. <laughs> Ambush Healy. So now, 
everybody's seen action movies, they kind of know these tropes that, hey, the, the guy gets arrested and he has special abilities. So then like a secret agency wants him to go undercover for them. Like, hey, okay, but here's the thing is how would they know he has special abilities? Because yep. from their perspective, <laughs> he just got his ass beat exactly. by the mafia. And they also think he might be assuming like, okay, this is just a one-off and normally he wins his fist fights. They think he's a criminal mastermind because of the crimes he just did. Like, oh, you're an extortion expert. But he didn't even do that. Like he's being right. charged with that, but he didn't do that. They're not even real charges. So these are the worst fucking cops. They're like here interviewing a guy who got his ass kicked, who didn't do the crimes he's being accused of by the mafia. The, ma- the mafia is like, hey, this guy came in here and did a bunch of crimes. They're like, well, I guess I guess he did. Local mafia boss. Um, the but detective- then they're trying to take down the mafia. <laughs> like, why, right. are you listen- then why right. did you listen to the mafia? It's what? incredible. It's the, the dumbness is so dense. Uh, the- Hold on. I can, I can break this down. In like the most simple terms, you can understand exactly where they're coming from. The CIA agent, which I mean, there should not be a CIA agent here. Oh, they didn't even uh, say his agency. He's clearly a CIA agent, and his name is Langley. Yes, fantastic. <laughs> Secret Service agent, Mister Pentagon over here. He I'm just... Detective Linda Cop, and this is Special <laughs> Agent Langley. Special Agent Washington D.C. <laughs> Wait, actually, that's a really sweet name. Oh, did we yeah. ever mention that this movie was made in 2021? Uh, I did, I think, briefly. It's worth but, hammering yeah. home. Okay, I want to, I just, This is yeah. brand new, set in this time, too. This is not a set in the 70s. Yeah, because I, 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 for me, like, as I was watching this, it was like, this felt solidly, like, done in 2000 by, like, a film student, but no. Yeah, but brand new. Uh the, I, what I like is a special agent Langley from an agency he won't disclose. He's holding this big old file of papers as if like he's like Hungary's deadliest sniper or some shit. But no, this is just a pile of unrelated papers from some other case. And he's like, confused foreigner, you beat up a forklift operator. Your country needs you. Not your country, but you get it. Cut to the prison. It's just the. It's just like okay. If like if you didn't watch action movies, you would have no idea what's going on. But like the the key piece of evidence is a ball peen hammer that he brought with him to go ask the mafia for uh, the money that's owed to his dead brother. Um, And the mafia's like, why did you bring this ball-peen hammer? Are you trying to intimidate us? He's like, no, it's a souvenir. The ball-peen hammer I got as an American souvenir to bring home to my dead brother's family. And then in the investigation scene he kind of reiterates the same thing as they're like why did you show up with a ball peen hammer and he's like well because the name ball peen hammer has some it's like a pun or something i don't remember exactly yeah, what it is didn't get it's it. a kovacs is a blacksmith in, okay, in his right. country and that so they collect hammers or whatever but it's so leading like this whole scene is leading to think that that's like the that's the line or something or that's a metaphor like i he even stops and says the hammer lives forever and you're like oh you're the hammer are we gonna call this movie the hammer or whatever and no they never get there there's a there's a moment in this where where it's that same thing with the quarter where they're trying to pull off like an action hero trope on this this you know simple foreigner and the the agent goes like what if i told you your brother was murdered and knowing this trope you're like Oh, here's where he's all in. And instead he goes, what? Oh, no. Who did that? (laughs) (laughs) Tell me his last name, please. But the movie doesn't even shy away from it. The the DA who's there, the lady DA, 
just looks at him and goes, well, we don't know that. <laughs> We're trying to find out what happened. It's certainly not the mafia tire guys. No, couldn't be them. Uh, I guess the, the hammer story kind of had a truth to it because it was so dumb. But he also said this. Look, if I wanted to hurt that guy, I wouldn't do hammer to do it. <laughs> so he wouldn't do hammer to do that. Uh, <laughs> and then he punches his hand. So this is the first uh, uh, understanding we have that this guy at least thinks he's a badass. Before we uh, before we duck out of the interrogation scene, I would just want to say uh, Agent Langley does call him jailbait at one point. I don't that think he knew what that weird. word meant. <laughs> you know what they do to pretty boys like you in jail? <laughs> Shut up, jailbait. No, nope, that's not what that is. That's not what that is. <laughs> The 70-year-old Charles Bronson impersonator is not jailed. They're trying to do some kind of like prison rape joke, which is like Uh a very pervasive joke in movies. Classic trope. For a guy who's like very old and salty looking, I'm not going to say he's ugly, but it's not... The the trope is like oh you're you're handsome and you're young and therefore you mm-hmm. will be sexually assaulted in prison. The trope yeah. is disgusting. It's a stupid trope, and they unsuccessfully tried to do it here, like by calling what is he like seventy year old Robert Bronzy jailbait. Mm-hmm. <laughs> Not exactly. Um, you bring up a good point that this guy's uh, acting funny because it takes him about thirty minutes to explain to him we want you to be a CI because he's like. I did not do those things. I don't understand how this happened. And and then every acting choice from Langley is just, it's fucking madness. It's like he had several ideas for this character, used every single one of them. He's like, he's doing Foghorn Leghorn. He's doing Christopher Walken. He's doing Richard Roundtree. He's just shady and benevolent and silly and serious and scary. I was kind of pissed off at the movie at this point where I was just like, what the fuck is this guy doing? And Watching I kept it thinking- in two times speed, it was actually uh, really good. <laughs> Yeah, it's like he's just getting possessed by half a dozen different ghosts, just yeah, cycling I, through his body. I bet it would be like a fun Robin Williams bit if yeah. it was at two times speed. Uh, it felt kind of so, like it was like a it was a Marx brother. It felt very Marx brother. Yeah, brothers esque. Yeah, but it was pissing me off at regular one time speed. So anyway, he's now in prison. Um, what was very strange is is at this moment. Um, I think the movie maybe got me thinking along these lines. I was, I was concerned about perception and how, like, what would this guy look like? He'd, be, he'd look like the most ordinary prisoner, right? Like, like he's su- such an old prison-looking guy that you would just assume everyone in his last prison died and of old age and he's getting transferred or something. But the weirdest thing happens. Everyone starts calling him superstar. They don't say the words, words Charles Bronson, but apparently they have Charles Bronson movies in this world, so they like recognize him. They're like, hey, this guy looks like Charles Bronson. He looks like a movie star. They're actually uh, ranting, like, they start ranting about action stars, about how yes. he's like an action star. And I love it so much because it's doing that thing where like he's walking down the long hallway and all the prisoners are, you know, up on the up on the railings above him, and he's just like walking through all of this this patter that's being directed at him. And it fades away, but the guy's still ranting about action stars, and it, they just kind of faded out as he walks. Like, right. Yeah, you fucking action star! Uh, Look so at I action a, stars over here! I have a confession. Um, I I did not make the connection to Charles Bronson because okay. I forgot Charles Bronson existed. Um, <laughs> I So, like, I when I saw this, I just thought this was, like, some kind of 
weird prison trope that I hadn't heard of. Like, yeah, okay. when the new guy comes to prison, you you <laughs> Call him he's an action star. Call him Tell him you've seen his star. action movies. Yeah. <laughs> I would really fuck with him. Like, yeah. Yeah, it sounds like you two are not big Charles Bronson fans, but for the <laughs> record, I I am. I love Charles Bronson, and when I see him in old movies, uh, he electrifies the screen for me. I I get Charles Bronson. I think he has so much charisma, and uh, and it's funny seeing a guy like this who almost has his face, but like zero charisma, just like this this unlikable lump. And so, um, anyway, I'm just saying that's the, the the dynamic I'm feeling as I watch this movie. Um, I- <laughs> so anyway, uh, and Katie as being younger than us is just like, who the fuck is this? I'm 13 yeah, I and I don't understand what you guys are talking about. <laughs> right, but that's that's what I'm saying. This was made in 2021. Like, who yeah. is this for? Even if you're right. just a few years younger than me, you don't even know who he is. Yeah, all the Charles Bronson movies I like are, you know, not something I experienced as a as growing up. It's like oh, I'm going to watch some classic movies and like, oh, this is this is fucking. I mean, cool. I rec- like I'm looking up. I'm looking up his filmography and I, I recognize these movies. Like I, I don't think I've mm-hmm. seen them, but like Once Upon a Time in the West, The Magnificent sure. Seven, uh, yeah. Death Wish, yeah, uh, two, three, four, and five. You should stop it. You should stop at one. Yeah, <laughs> Death Wish. <laughs> uh, yeah. So I still I wish mean, to die. This guy, and then oh yeah, the like classic. He's got. A lot of bullets. He's wearing a lot of bullets. I do recognize that. Mm-hmm. What movie no, is he that? He made a lot of stinkers. Uh, Where he wears <laughs> a lot of bullets. Uh, like all that's, of them? It's not the. Could it be the mechanic? The mechanic has a really cool poster that looks like a, a penetrator book cover. Right. No, I think he's younger. I think that might be Once Upon a Time in the West. Does he wear a lot of bullets in that movie? It's possible. Yeah, maybe. Okay. Most of his cowboy movies, he you know had yeah. a bandolier possibly. Yeah. Yeah. All right. Anyways. Um, anyway, uh, he gets warned, uh, hey, just lay down and take it, which really scared me. I did not like that advice from the stranger in prison, but it was not a sex thing. It's just that every night the guards come and get the new guy and just beat the shit out of him. Um, this this was another classic Robert Bronzy fake out because in the middle of getting beaten and tased, he like makes this big dramatic anime fist and I'm like, oh, he's going to fuck up these prison guards. And the guy just like casually blocks his punch and just beats yeah. the shit out of him some more. Yeah, and uh, they've got I, they've got like cattle prods, so they're like yeah. tasing them. And again, I emphasize that watching this two times speed really was fun because God, it had been so funny. His like his like I'm getting tased face, but really quick <laughs> was very good. Uh, and I yeah. did, and like they they really zo- they really love throughout the movie the tasing and the mm-hmm. looking at the I'm getting tased face um, and doing it repeatedly. I think there was a little bit of nipple tasing. You know how um, Quentin Tarantino has like a barely disguised foot fetish that sure. he kind of acts out in his movies? Uh, yeah. I think that the director has a nipple tasing fetish that he is sort of, uh, you know. In, uh, in his first, in Quentin Tarantino's first acting role, First, like major acting role, anyway, uh, was in *Dust Till Dawn*, and he he put himself in the role of the man <laughs> who drinks tequila off of Selma Hayek's foot. Yep. I would argue that it is not barely disguised. It's. Yeah. Uh, I think from his very first role, profound. he was like, "I want to yeah. fuck some feet. Everybody, watch. Everybody, stop. Everybody, watch me try to fuck this foot with my mouth." <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Inglorious anyway, Bastards. This, 
he's he plays the role of the guy who uh, is a Nazi who has a foot fetish and says like, "Yeah, I have a foot fetish." <laughs> yeah, I remember uh, that. Hail, Heil Hitler! I have a foot fetish. Could, could you imagine though? It's Salma Hayek in Dust Till Dawn, which is might be like like as sexy as anyone's ever looked, and he's like must have done at least five or six takes, right? Like, you're chasing that high for the rest of your life if yeah. you have a fush, foot fetish. Like, that's yeah. just, it doesn't get any better than that. There's also um, no way she didn't know what this yeah, was. That's yeah, like, that's she's so like, gross. I've met guys like you before. Yeah, It's so gross. It's just like, like, no, 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 I swear this is for the movie. It's like, ugh, come on. It's mm. important for both of our characters to establish this dynamic. Okay, but in the next scene, I have a snake face, and like, well, you're, you just don't see me again. Yeah, but, but the characters... <laughs> Need to suck feet right here. I, I, it's, all right, welcome to behind the scenes again. Let's back to the movie. This, keep this it specific, in. Jamie, keep it in. <laughs> this specific scene uh, was when I started having a good time, and it's because of the setup where he's like the prisoner next door. Um, when he first arrives, tells tells Bronzy like just lay down and take it. I'm like, oh, all right, here comes the prison rape scene. Yeah, and then the movie's like shows its hand that it's much more innocent. Then you think where it's like, oh, he was warning them they're going to come beat him up. Everybody knows what that is. You're like, no, you just didn't know what the trope was, did you? Right. You thought it was like your parents Your parents turned off the movie at that point. And you're like, yeah, I know what happens. They beat him up. Yeah, but like, also their police batons. Yeah, like, don't drop the soap. You might slip because it's slippery. Yeah, because they don't give you really good shoes in prison. Everybody knows that. Uh, but they're, they're, it's further that their police batons, like... They pull out the actual police batons, mm -hmm. and then they have tasers built into the ends of them, and they make futuristic zapping noises. Yeah, right. It rolls. And then they they turn they turn his skin like gray to to signify that like oh they super burn, electrocuted. They burn through his shirt. <laughs> like it's like all did. it's all like all of a sudden future prison because they don't fully understand what like an actual right. police brutality case would look like. So right. this is this is a child, and that's when I suddenly understood like. Oh, this whole movie is children playing pretend, and then it, it becomes so and much fun. Then you get it, yes. Yeah, yeah. I, mean, I almost like, took a sound a clip of uh, of where Robert Bronson gets tased because he goes. <laughs> yes, he does. But I just didn't bother because I can do that sound so perfectly. That's a perfect recreation. They make it like Jim Carrey faces because he's not yeah. the only one that gets tased, and everybody gets like a long thirty second shot of them <laughs> mugging for the camera and just go making Jim Carrey faces. Oh, but they but it's it. played seriously. You're like, oh, children, this is adorable. Uh, now I know we should keep moving, but like we maybe should also talk about the coffee scene, which is yeah. was really strange to me. So the next morning, uh, he wakes up in solitary. It is solitary, right? I can't remember. But anyway, yes, the warden comes in yeah, warden and she offers him coffee. Him coffee mm -hmm. And she's like, would you like something in your coffee? I have sugar, cane sugar, cream, half and half. She like lists every single yeah. brand of artificial sweetener. Or my sweetener. favorite, honey. <laughs> or my favorite, yes. My honey. Here's some details about the honey. Yeah, she it's describes I, <laughs> like that the honey is like some locally produced honey. Um, it's so also, weird. Like, I don't... Does anyone put honey in coffee? Not... Usually. Hungarians. Yeah, that's I, possible. Mm. That's a, I just that's like how normally... A, don't be a bigot. Most movies know not to do this. Movie characters are like, I'll have a beer and a sandwich. And it's like, yeah, we don't need to fucking take his full order because that would be lame. But this movie is like, what if we spent 10 minutes like describing the things you put in a coffee like well, a four-year-old? Well, the thing is, I think that they're trying... 
unsuccessfully to have this dichotomy of like here he is he's got taser holes in his shirt his right. nipples are fried like pepperonis uh and then this <laughs> warden sexy comes in. pepperonis all cupped up and uh, <laughs> delicious smelling and the warden comes in and she's like talking about organic honey or something right as like right. this dichotomy of like look how rough he has it and then she's like but she's so out of touch with the roughness and also rubbing in uh, the situation because yeah. it's like she's living this great life. Other movies have done a much better job of this than mm-hmm. um, Escape from Death Block 13 because <laughs> it's just like there's something about the acting and all of it, everything about it that doesn't work. But I think the attempt, right. the attempt, an attempt was made of like, look, he's like, our innocent foreigner who just wants the money because that's the law. And then here's this like savvy, organic honey sipping, you know, elite who's sort of looking down her nose at him. Um, But then she says like stuff about like, you know, just follow the rules of the prison and do your job. And then she says, do your job. Right. Right. And it's like, wait, what job does she think it is? Because at this point, she's not supposed to know he's there under co- cover. Like, what job is she telling him to do? Right. Just follow the rules is all. There's no reason for her to have a mission for him. For all she knows, he's he's got a zero and one record against used tire barons. Or zero and two because he also lost a fight to the prison guards. Yes. She doesn't know that he's a badass. Nobody um, actually knows he's a badass. Yeah, literally movie. no one in the movie has any idea. He's really only, But the thing is, he's really only a badass, like, way later on in the movie. Uh-huh. And it's inexplicable how he comes to be that way. It's not like there's some kind of prison training montage. He's just suddenly like, well, now yeah. I'm going to actually punch hard. I think yep. Sean's right in that in, in the universe of this movie, there exists Charles Bronson movies. Mm-hmm. And so everybody just thinks like, oh, you look like Charles Bronson. I'm sure you're equally badass. Like, that's, it's an absurd thing to think. But again, it. this that would movie is made be, by children playing pretend. That would be a fantastic movie. Like, where you have someone who everyone just assumes is a real badass, right? Like, either he looks mm-hmm. like a famous actor or looks like, you know, a, a John Wick in that universe. Uh, and then everyone assumes like this guy's a badass and he actually isn't he can't do anything well congratulations it's this movie <laughs> i think <laughs> no, but i think you're describing reacher because reacher, reacher is a he's a hulk and everybody treats him like he's just some punk they can like like bully and then it's like oh no it turns out he's a hulk so maybe it's not exactly what you're describing no, that's the, the actually opposite. that's the exact opposite of yes what I was that's <laughs> It's Bizarro Reacher. She's asking for Bizarro Reacher. I, I think Bizarro Reacher would be really funny. And then you could have a bunch of slapstick where, like, this guy accidentally kills all these people who are trying to challenge him. But it's just through yeah. sheer dumb luck. I, it, now that I'm saying it, it feels yeah, like I that's a movie, but I can't think of any. I feel like it would star Kevin Hart. Yeah. Well, no, because it's got. No, I think it would star, like, John Cena. Where it's oh, like, you're right. You're, you have to look super tough. Right. Like, he looks real tough. As voiced by Kevin Hart. Right. Exactly. Uh, these are all great ideas. But mm-hmm. uh, the next day in the cafeteria, uh, a guy shows some eggs to Charles Bronson. And he says, hey, it's my girlfriend. The way I like her, sunny side up. Don't know um, 
Don't know why I brought that up. Yeah, don't know why he brought that up. Was that that a fried nipple joke? Well, no, I think think that uh, Sean is right, that this is made by an innocent, and therefore, um, like, he's heard stuff about, like, ah, your prison wife, and he doesn't really understand, like, what that actually means, but has inadvertently implied that this guy fucked his scrambled eggs and came in them, and now is eating them. (laughs) (laughs) this is my girlfriend i love her uh she's sunny side up flop her around but confrontationally like i'm bullying you by telling you how i fucked these eggs i want to point out also (laughs) that is the way this movie introduces our main antagonist that's bunyan that's That's the first thing he says that's our main villain bunyan or funyan it's bunyan okay that's hard to that's hard to hear in two times speed if uh He's Bunyan in the streets and uh, Funyan in the dairy section. <laughs> now, Funyuns, that's a wife you can fuck. <laughs> they tried that on the bag for a little while. It didn't sell a lot. Uh, there's a wizard in the prison. I think that's worth mentioning. There's a wizard. Uh, he talks like a wizard, and he's named Wizard. Mm-hmm. Uh, so I he narrates movies. everything like it's a fantasy book. Yes. Only, like, also also rocks. Like, he's the fantasy guy doing coverage in like a guar intermission he's just here to be like they they opened the door and i put well we're yeah, just in a prison loreless fantasy fucking rules again yeah. it's children playing pretend but it's so much fun <laughs> like i sort of appreciate a movie where where all the lines are weird right like a tarantino movies like that cocaine bear was like that but it just feels really artless here like it was written by someone whose mind is like actually broken like like people would say something weird and you're like oh i don't think that was a choice i feel like they're trying to say something very normal like that. That's how they talk about coffee where they're from. But um, the wizard breaks character instantly. Like the second Charles Bronson talks to him, he's like, hey, dude, I'm not really a fucking wizard. You got to do like a gimmick, though. By the way, he says, get yourself a gimmick in prison. Like it's a college improv group. If you want to stand out, you need to you need to get yourself a gimmick. Right. It's what you want to do in prison. He tells him about the escape tunnels uh, over in the insane asylum. And he told this to a stranger on his first day of prison, so we have to assume the wizard has told every one of the escape tunnels. This can't be a very good, a very well kept secret, anyway. Um, and then we get interrupted by two multicultural gangs scoring up for like a gentleman's champion battle. Mm-hmm. Uh, Bunyan comes out, and I really enjoyed his fighting style. He kind of has his little T Rex arms. It looks like he just took his first boxing class this morning. Uh, and here's a fun film choice. Uh, we missed the entire fight because they cut to the old guys discussing about writing their congressman about the prison conditions. While the fight is going, literally. You can right, hear right, the sound right. effects. You hear him in the background doing patter nonstop. You hear, you yeah. hear Bunyan like, like he's a bad guy in a Spider-Man game. He's just got, like, got generic <laughs> patter. He goes, yes. I wrote down a few of them. Okay. Uh, first he says, let's get, ba- let's, uh, let's get down to business scrotum skull. But then like his generic patter is, huh. Oh, yeah. Try that on for size. And my favorite, I'm Bunyan. I'm Bunyan. This fucking movie is so good. Uh, Also, let us not forget to mention that at this point, we see the prison guards and they all have mini guns, like mounted on there. There's like a turret. Yeah, there's like a bird's nest where there's a prison guard just like sort of resting on a turret. Like... Ed 209s, ED 209s, fucking minigun. Yeah. They have it mounted all around the prison. There's there's tons of them, but there's miniguns everywhere because <laughs> they have never seen a prison. They don't know what's going on. It's just it's I, wonderful. 
I was so entrenched in the tropes that they were trying to do that it wasn't until I saw the minigun where I'm like, you know, this is kind of a rough prison to get thrown in for a first time offender. Like this guy got in one fist fight at a tire factory and they're like, we're putting you in Taze to the first night minigun prison. No, but it's, in an, they, it's also an abandoned insane asylum. Yes. Yeah, but he's being so he's being. Pl- this is the thing. Also, he's being placed there, right, by the FBI or whatever. Right. And then, uh, but the thing is, I think that it's later revealed that they wrote rewrote what he was charged with. Yes. And they changed it from extortion to car theft, to car, which to carjacking doesn't seem like. If you're trying, yeah, like carjacking, like okay, so you you're 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 a carjacker. We're gonna throw you into minigun prison, right? And this was stupid in a way you can only do if you're really stupid. It doesn't come from laziness or not knowing story structure or prison policy or like script rewrites. Like this is dumb. Like the writer of this movie would chase a fake tennis ball. Like like they there's no reason to change one crime to another in in the fiction of this movie. And it's like the the thing that gets the prison guards to be like, oh, this guy's here undercover because they changed this. Like, it's it's so fucking stupid. Um, I, we are skipping over an important part where the uh, detective comes and visits him in prison, like on his second day to be like, hey, have you found all the drugs yet? You dumb asshole. <laughs> and uh, it turns into like kind of a love story. I want you to yeah. listen to this chemistry. No, they get uh, flirty. It's very, very charged. <laughs> Hello. 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 I didn't know you were coming. I, I like to keep coming. in touch with all the cases I work. I'm sorry, not cases, with the people involved. Mm, I know. It's good to see you. It's good to see your beautiful face. <laughs> Why, thank you. <laughs> no beautiful faces in prison. Or like mine. You're not bad, trust me. I've seen some doozies. Doozies. Just an expression. Doozy. Like, um, butt ugly. <laughs> <laughs> Fucking electricity. Is you know, butt ugly. <laughs> you cut him immediately after she says, you know, like butt ugly. He goes, ah, yes. I yeah, he gets that. He gets Like erotically. <laughs> I erotically understand butt ugly. Yes. Mm, butt ugly. I like to Speaking check in on butts. my cases. I'm sorry. When uh, I say cases, I of course mean human beings, fully oh. fledged human beings like you with your nice face. Your your eyes are in the right spot. <laughs> anyway, remember that she sent him in here on an undercover operation right. and then visited him on his like second day. Right, right, right. <laughs> like, hey, isn't that the fucking DA? Like, yeah. uh, why is she here? <laughs> uh, so, okay. You know what? I, I just realized maybe I'm wrong about the writers of this movie being dumb because the warden does go to the tire baron's warehouse and she's like his drug boss. And so uh, maybe they were trying to doctor the files so that Robert Bronzy wasn't connected to this tire warehouse because that might be suspicious. Right. Um, so anyway, I take it all back about them being dumb. They're actually very smart. Back in prison, uh, there's a nice guy. Uh, it's a prison trope, uh, prison movie trope, where there's always a nice guy who has to die somewhere in Act 2. Right, right, right. And but that, the way this guy here. dies is fantastic, and I love it. <laughs> yes, absolutely. Like, he gets full-on story of Ricky killed. He gets, they're tasing him on the top floor, and he falls they like, tased directly. They tase him for what I assume is 10 minutes. For me, yes. it was only like three minutes. Yeah, at one Incredible. time speed, it was about four hours. 
<laughs> While he makes Jim Carrey faces the entire time. And goes, <laughs> Oh, that's really good. Thank you. And then he falls off the railing, lands head first, and gets a scanner-style head explosion. <laughs> oh, that's so good. Again, this is, I know exactly what this is. This is 1992, and somebody's big brother brought a video camera over. And mm-hmm. you've all gotten a hold of it. And what do you do? You're making an action movie. Yeah. That's, you're making- that's exactly what this is. And you know, how do you pay everybody? You get a sweet death scene. No matter, no matter who you are, every single character in this gets like a two minute long scene where they go like, ooh, ah, ooh, God, ooh, ah, oh my God, oh my God. <laughs> I mean, it's, I do like how they tase him. It's not just that they tase him to death, right? They tase him. And then he starts slowly kind of tilting over the railing from, like, the third floor of this prison. But they're tasing him some more, and he's kind of, he's leaning back further and further, and tasing him some more, and he's kind of, yeah. you know, teetering a little bit, and tasing him some more, and he's teetering, he's teetering, he's... And then finally he does fall, um, and, like, sort of does, like, what's, what's, I don't know what diving terms are, but the dive where you're just, is it a jackknife? What is it? Your face head first. Right into the concrete. Yeah. Um, you call it a brain blaster. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> and so it's just like, th- the thing is, like, it's almost supposed to be like, oh, will he, won't he fall to his death? <laughs> yeah. But yeah. clearly he's gonna. And uh, then it pays the, off bigger than anyone could have imagined. Right, which was uh, really good. They seemed really proud of it, too, because they let that head just soak up the scene for... Well, for you, would have been a short amount of time, but for at one time speed, very, very long time. Uh, his brains are all over the floor. They yeah. left him out all night so that the next scene, like, we could look at it some more. They flop him onto a stretcher. Really, they really let yeah. it linger. That, like, cracked open skull was really chewing the scenery. Yeah, they they were happy about it. It even, it even gets to make a splork noise, like, later. <laughs> just apropos of nothing, he's just laying on the cart and it goes, Bwar. <laughs> <laughs> Yeah, I see the brain, all right? I know. I know you spent a long time on it. (laughs) So the warden now calls the local crime bosses in, uh, I think to the prison. Yeah, they come in and they, yeah, they're like sitting in her prison office. Like, I don't know why it's so hard to investigate these guys. Yeah, it seems pretty blatant. Um, But they're discussing the old man who hasn't done anything to anybody, but seems like he might be tough when he's not getting tased. He does look like Charles Bronson. Uh, I love this. Uh, I looked up uh, the the warden. Her name's Debbie Scaletta, and she wrote her own IMDb. It's very uh, praising of her career. Uh, it says she was, Debbie was born and raised in Cleveland, Ohio. In 2011, on a whim, she auditioned for the Marvel movie The Avengers and was booked for a background role. From that, she got the acting bug and has then since been booked in over 40 major and independent films, several commercials, and more recently, theater. Uh I don't know if every background actor's IMDb is like this, but her profile is so long, and all of her character names are like "lady holding something" footage cut from broadcast, or "lady behind something" uncredited. Man, I remember I "lady her. holding something" from Downton Abbey. She's so Abbey. good. Remember yeah, that? Just from Downton yep. Abbey, "lady holding something." Speaking of chewing scenery, she's like, "I don't know." Yeah, she's uh, <laughs> okay. she's like, just marches into the room and is like. I'm I'm an evil warden and I run the mafia and you boys better do your jobs. <laughs> you yeah. know what the vibe is? It's uh, it's kind of 
It's kind of like a Maya Rudolph SNL character, but but just that, but exactly that. Yeah, that's, okay. that's it. Yeah. Yeah, that's a good way to describe it. Um, the warden uh, hires the big bad uh, uh, Bolay to, to mess with Robert Bunyan, Bronzy. right? Bunyan. Bunyan's yeah, and so like Bunyan, her sort of like pet prisoner. Yeah, her, her enforcer. So he like bumps into Robert Bronzy and drops his own breakfast on the floor. And then he's like, "Arg! I can't eat my own breakfast. I'm bullying no, you." No, you're you're forgetting an important plot point, which is that he keeps smelling the breakfast, like in this exaggerated, like sniff, okay. sniff, sniff. Yum, yum. Sure, Yummy, I'm yum. excited to eat this breakfast. <laughs> sniff. Mm, yeah, I really I, am excited for this breakfast. I guess so everybody knows benefit. how much he would have loved that breakfast. Yep. Oh, he's real mad now. Uh, and then Bronzy steps on his egg, which. If you remember from earlier, is this girlfriend? I'm not sure if this is a callback or if they think stepping on someone's eggs is like a prison trope. Um, and then like Bunyan's hype man's getting involved. So he's like running around behind Bronzy with his tongue out like, oh, you're going to fucking die. Well, we and haven't then, mentioned the hype man who is a dog. Yes. He's he's like. Uh, I can't believe we forgot to mention that there's a hype man. Only he is literally a dog. It's like his brain has been taken over by a dog. All he can do is howl and bark. Yeah. His tongue's always out of his head. I don't, yeah, I don't think he has a line. I think he just makes noises. Uh, Bronzy elbow chops the, the tongue out of his head and it changes nothing. Like Bunyan's still like just hitting reset on these bully lines. He's like, no, you, you don't know what you're dealing with. Hey, well, I'm Bunyan Bunyan. <laughs> it, it changes the day of one prisoner who excitedly raised his coffee and caught Dogman's tongue. And then just looked around at both of his friends like, yeah, fuck yeah, right? Got I tongue. got his tongue. That's four prison points, motherfucker. <laughs> My new wife. <laughs> it's such a, just, again, this like insane little two second, like, why was that there? What does that do? Yeah. Why, why did we do that at all? Chekhov's uh, tongue. Chekhov's tongue. Chekhov's coffee tongue. Uh, so then they get in a fight uh, and it's, it's it's weird. Um, it's kind of it's hard to tell that they're even fighting for a lot of it. Like it really looks like some grandparents taking a stage fighting class on a cruise. It's kind of um, like a sort of like a hug, like this sort like if you're trying to hug someone, but then you yeah. accidentally go at the wrong angle. Like you're both sort yeah. of going at the same angle, and then you yeah, they went for a handshake, it. and you right. went for a, like a hello kiss, and it's oh, oh Jesus, right. so, yeah, like we got. It's like when, yeah, like when like in a European and American try to like yeah. say hello to each other. And it's like, oh, handshake. Oh, kiss. I don't know. Oh, yeah. is this a, is this a gay? I don't understand what. Uh, yeah. So. <laughs> uh, so uh, Bronzy's choking him to death uh, because he's a great fighter secretly. And someone like throws a chain in. Uh, by the way, the warden's watching. Everyone's watching. And I don't I don't I don't know how the chain is going to help to a guy like almost dead from choking, but it does. He, he grabs the chain, wraps it around his fist, punches his way out. Um, he starts swinging the chain at him. Bronzy has no defense against it. He's just taking straight up chain shots. Um, then he gets down on the ground and they're doing these awesome CGI sparks whenever the chain misses and hits the floor. Mm -hmm. uh, Bunyan is weak against two by four. So when someone throws him some wood debris, like that really turns the fight around. Uh, I, I envy Katie for watching this at two times speed because this did feel like an eternity watching them slowly hit him, circle, slowly hit him, circle. Uh, it was bad. It was uh, great in two times speed. 
Yeah, I bet it was like a normal fight there. So the warden, who, as I mentioned earlier, has the acting bug, seems perfectly fine when each man is about to murder the other. Like, it's really hard to tell if she cares who wins this. Um, and then Robert Bronson refuses to kill him, like, gladiator style. He's like, I will not kill him. It's not really a crowd pleaser. Like, the prisoners hate it. The warden hates it. And um, later, the old guys, it, it inspires them. They're like, hey, guys, we're going to fight back. And then the whole prison's like, yeah, let's all unite against the prison. Um, so that's how things got turned around. Again, it like you could tell what they're going for and how far they're missing it by. Yeah. Uh, the, uh, the good guy and the bad guy both pull sick prisoner routines like simultaneously. And uh, there's a scene I really love where there's a, an evil doctor... Who's going to kill? Yeah, so so the warden sends both uh, Robert Bronzy and Onion into a solitary confinement, yeah. and um, like this uh, evil doctor comes in with a syringe and he's like laughing maniacally, uh, which is just it's fantastic. It's like in uh, Star Wars when the orb doctor comes in and threatens Leia. Yes, but this time it's like a cackling guy, a cackling nerd. With a uh, with a syringe, and then somehow Onion is just—I I don't remember like how Onion or sorry Bunyan turns up there, but he turns up and saves. Well, he's he's Ronnie. right next door. He does this sick prisoner. The guy's like, "Oh, hey, prisoner, are you sick?" And then he beats that guard up. Right, right. And then he comes Got around that. and he grabs the doctor, stabs him in the neck with his own syringe. And that doctor, even at two times speed, that he must have died for so fucking long. Like, he, he died for so long, like it, because they really liked showing him like convulsing and foam coming out of his mouth. Yeah, and barking. Yeah, he started like barking and growling as he frothed. So like, I think he was going to inject uh, Robert Bronzy with chihuahua with, like semen. rabies or werewolf serum or something. <laughs> like, the, why why do you die like that? It's a syringe <laughs> full of chihuahua cum. <laughs> Just. <laughs> Yeah, it was also, a very they completely death. forgot to set up that like that 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 the uh, Bunyan and 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 Bronzy have reconciled and made some kind of plan, right? Because now yeah. everybody, now everybody, the prisoners on the outside, both of them, everybody's in sync that this is like a coordinated escape attempt. And I kept thinking they're gonna do this later, like they're gonna backfill this in the movie, and there's gonna be a flashback scene when like, oh, really? Oh, no, this fight was fake, and they were in it the whole time. No, everybody just like decides at the same time let's all escape and then they do pure coincidence according to the film itself um so now that now the prison's in full riot the guards are getting killed with their own weapons and uh bunyan and bronzy go up to the chapel because that's where they keep the arsenal and there's they're like oh we need the key and then there's a guy like just taunting them with the key chain behind them so there's a mini boss here and he like puts it's like a prison guard like a super prison guard and he puts his stick down for like some sort of an honorable battle or something. It's incredible. It's um, the exact ending of the raid. If you've seen the raid, uh, just except a guy who just loves. Except, if, uh, except if, if 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 the main bad guy was replaced by Bull from Night Court, but overweight, because <laughs> he's like he's like seven feet tall. Yes. He's bald. He's about he's about sixty three. I want to say, good, and he is he's got a good paunch on him. And this is our like our villain. And when the fight scene when the fight scene started, I laughed so hard when it turned out he's a Taekwondo expert. Yes, the little Taekwondo kick. 
It's <laughs> this is the least likely man to do any of that. It cracked me up so hard. Uh, he he couldn't. He's a very old man, so he couldn't kick above the knee. So every move was hilarious. He's just like kicking him in the shins. A fucking bird flies in to distract him. Like his weakness is pretty bird. So he's just like, oh, a pretty bird. And that's how they get him. They like jam a taser down his throat and fry him dead. Okay, because he liked, a, because he liked a bird. Here's the thing is, that confused me is that bird, I think, showed up twice. And it's yeah, like, so is times. the bird, I think, here's my theory. I think that bird is supposed to be the spirit of the dead brother. Absolutely. I, yeah. per, I exactly took oh, it that Oh, okay. Yeah. I, had, I had that in my notes. Like, what does but this bird is, represent? Because the bird keeps showing up. And I had like, maybe it's, maybe it's freedom. But the thing is, how does a bird get inside a prison? I think that's why the prison guard was so weak against it. He took and that also job so he wouldn't get distracted. <laughs> he just like he just yeah. liked yeah. birds. He's, He's just a bird like, watcher. Wow. Look, you know what? Us bird watchers, we see a bird, we drop everything. He loves two things: taekwondo death matches and pretty birds. Not in that order. Reverse that order. Reverse the order. <laughs> Uh, I don't know. It's this, the distance between what they're trying to do and the stupid shit they actually made is is measured in cosmic words. I am so happy I picked this movie almost entirely at random and made us all watch it because this made me laugh so hard when I saw this. Uh, but now I, I, this movie is full on. I, I just want to insist everyone go watch this movie the first chance they get because at this point in the movie, it is, it's like Dolomite 2 levels of pure joy. Like the people making it are having so much fun. The, they find the armory. They're loaded up. There's assault rifles. There's a minigun, grenade launcher. The prison kicks ass. Um, <laughs> the prison needs a grenade launcher <laughs> and a minigun yes. that only that only an eight foot. Oh, hold on. They did have an eight foot tall bald man. Yep, that was it's, his gun. He's the exactly. only one who could wield it. Uh, and this is the second minigun because the other one is still mounted outside. So. Um, and I want to say the gunfighting is as funny as the fist fighting. Every muzzle flash and blood burst is like a, a funny little CGI effect. It's like a um, fraction of a second off, which is always good. Yes. Bunyan and decides that this at this point, because he sang the song uh, Rockabye Baby once earlier, mm -hmm. now Rockabye Baby is his catchphrase. Is this catchphrase? he's going to say it all the time. God, this is, a, like, to be clear, there's like 20 minutes left in the movie. He's barely had any lines. He's now a good guy, and he's like, also, I say Rockabye Baby all the time. <laughs> <laughs> he, he speaks almost entirely in catchphrase. He's Bunyan. Awesome. He's Bunyan. I'm Bunyan. I'm Bunyan. I'm Bunyan. Uh, the, the, as they're traveling through like the maze of stairs and hallways, the doctor who died earlier does a zombie monster jump scare. It was like he, werewolf serum. Yes, it was absolutely some kind of an undead Frankenstein serum. They shoot the entire top of his head off and they like back away with the minigun like, oh, what if he gets back up? Like it's suddenly just a totally different movie just for that brief moment. But in that brief moment, they cut to the wizard outside and I'm so pumped right now. I'm so in love with this movie that I thought, here we go. He's a real wizard. He was going to cast a lightning bolt, right? <laughs> yeah. Because no. he, hold on, he, he like very, they were building this up during the riot. We cut to wizard and he like sneaks out of his cell and he grabs one of the taser batons. Right. And then he smiles like, <laughs> and he sneaks outside. And then when we cut away, we see him in the middle of this field facing off against the the minigun mounted turret above and he's like got a plan he's like yeah. i bring down the heavens at thee and you're like oh he's gonna like supercharge that baton and shoot lightning or something no they kill him for 45 straight seconds with a minigun <laughs> just shredded with adobe after yeah. effects blood spurts 
This is what I'm saying in that like everybody involved in this movie got paid in a sweet death scene. Like they <laughs> they were like even if their character barely had a name or didn't have any lines, they're like fine. But I get a 30 second death scene where I get to really ham it up, and it they all deal. do. Uh, then Bronzy and Bunyan they storm into the the prison yard. Just certain death. It is a killing field covered from every angle by unlimited firepower, and they just casually kill everybody, reload, kill everybody again. There's Wilhelm screams. There's stock explosions. It's just a it's an Uganda action movie. If this was Bunyan, cut down hold to on, Bunyan minutes, has the minigun, so he, yes. we get a, an extended minigun on minigun gunfight where they're just <laughs> yeah. both unloading miniguns at each other about a hundred feet the, away. It's fun. It's a funny thing, but all the bullets just hit each other, so neither yeah. of them got killed. Perfectly matched minigun fight. That's what happens. Uh, I, I, I'm, it's, it's so, it's such pure idiotic joy. I love it. Um, then they blast their way into the old insane asylum, and their plan is to just look around for the tunnels. They're just like, you go that way, I'll go this way. Um, the warden is somehow, warden's already killed four guys on the way here. She ambushes Bunyan, shoots him, I don't know, 40 times, five times. It's really hard to get a number on it. Um, He's only but, got one like bullet wound though. Yeah. We see, see blood shooting off of him a lot, but at the end, he just has one on the shoulder. Uh, this could just be a rewrite issue. Uh, but she's about to shoot him for real. And then Bronzy saves him from the killing shot. And now we have a standoff here amidst the climax. Um, I took a clip. It's a long one uh, because they really let the dramatic moments breathe. It's gonna, the best one of the movie, though. Yeah, it's so good. Johnny, Johnny. Now, where do you think you're going? Now, we had such a good relationship. Normally, she's an extra. You gotta... I'm very, very disappointed in you. Now, why'd you have to go and spoil everything? Happy to disappoint you. Rock-a-bye, baby. I'm <laughs> I'm Oh, see, that was Bronzy's gun. He just came in and shot her. She can't believe it. Now she's still holding her gun, it's just her arm doesn't work because she has a bullet near her shoulder. My man will be here any second to kill you. I'm your only hope out of here alive. Now get me to the doctor. Sorry, my English is not so good. Can you repeat it? That was not in the script, I don't think. You're a fast learner, Miklos. I know you will do what's in your best interest. I don't understand. We must be lost in translation. Also not in the script. (laughs) (sighs) Damn it! I'm giving you one last chance. Now don't blow it! I pulls out an RPG. Yeah, grenade launcher, because she said blow it. So he's like, I understand that. You can't do this to a woman. A woman wearing glasses. You may be a woman, (laughs) but you are no lady. (laughs) That's not how that line works at all. Oops. (laughs) Okay. Okay, okay. Okay, so... Okay, so can I break this down? Please break it down. The camera, as soon as he fires the grenade launcher, the camera POV switches to the uh, grenade. So we're like riding on the grenade. It flies forwards towards the screaming warden, goes 
through her belly, that is the splorching noise you heard, we mm -hmm. kind of see it carve out like a red, um, you know, like a red canyon yeah, like into a, her belly. A tunnel of gore. A tunnel of gore. We go through, it's fun. It's like a, it's like a little Disney ride. We go through the tunnel of gore uh, <laughs> and then we're going towards the wall and then it explodes and reveals uh, the escape tunnels. It's and brilliant. then the pigeon flies through the explosion, the pauses in front of the camera, like, mm -hmm. fuck yeah, right? And then flies away. This pigeon could not, like, the pigeon literally, because, like, I rewound it. It pops into frame from nowhere. Um, and this bad CGI I think CGI it's supposed to come pigeon, through the explosion. Right. This bad CGI pigeon comes in through, through the explosion. It's the spirit of his brother that got eaten up by a tire crunching machine. Probably. Yes, definitely. And it's now just like, yeah! <laughs> Fuck yeah! It, it is, artistically speaking, adorable. I mean, it really is it's just so like, oh, you guys really you guys really thought this was profound. Yeah. You may be a woman, but you are no lady. I, I never said I was a lady. You were supposed to... Hold on, do you want to take that again? No. Oh, I'm dead already. No, don't worry about it. Just... <laughs> uh, <laughs> so upstairs there's a standoff it's the murderous prison guards versus the prisoners and there's this triumphant music building to a crescendo and mm -hmm. from like the glowing backlight of representative for the inmates he steps forward to give this rousing speech I took a clip of it it's so moving you're gonna love it do not come any closer you will be shot we're the prison now We got hostages here. <laughs> <laughs> Cra fucking laughed so hard. I thought he was going to say something like, we're, we're not going to take it anymore. He's just like, no, you're, we're going to fucking kill these men if you don't get us some sandwiches. You can um, imprison our bodies, but not our minds. Yeah, that would have been great. we have a pigeon. <laughs> the spirit of hope is on our side. Yeah. As you can see from this CGI bird. So um, I guess they're the good guys, uh, no, Bronzy and Bunyan. Yeah, but then they like, don't they just, they get like sort of unceremoniously defeated by a SWAT team. Yeah, like they, they're not getting out of this alive. And then they're, uh, and then like at their defeat, they're like, oh, okay, you got me. <laughs> <laughs> yep, we'll get back in our cells, sorry. Uh, so Bronzy and Bunyan escape uh, into the corn. They come out in a cornfield and... It's uh, like a, it's a Shawshank tunnel. They come out yes. of a Shawshank tunnel. Well, it's, hold on. They get to a cornfield. First, they come out in a little gully full of trees and Bunyan says, trees everywhere. Beautiful. Ha 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 ha. Beautiful. Bunyan loves trees. Ha 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 ha. Literally, he says Bunyan loves trees. Which he has... Yeah. Like, That's all a quote. A literal quote. The funny thing is like yep. Bunyan hasn't spoken in a third person this whole movie. So like... It's not like a Mongo from Blazing Saddles situation where right. it's like Mongo speaks in third person to kind of like seem like a caveman. This is the first time Bunyan has pulled a third person. So he's just like suddenly Bunyan loves cornfield or Bunyan loves trees. Uh, I guess like... You know what it says in my notes right here? It says, don't bother uh, getting a sound clip. Brockway will have uh, written down this quote. <laughs> <laughs> yes, you do. But yeah, they, but yeah, they come out of Shawshank Tunnel. Now they're at a cornfield. Um, Bunyan, Bunyan loves it. Bunyan loves the cornfield. He loves the trees. 
Yes, he's so, so happy. He's got so many bullets in him, he'll be dead by morning. Uh, lost forever in this cornfield. Uh, Bronzy is immediately found at the grave of his brother. Uh, but here's the twist. The cops are just there to say good job. They're like, hey, yes. don't, no, 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 relax, relax. He killed three, at least three prison guards. Uh, he killed the warden with a grenade launcher. Uh, I want. I want. I hold on. I wrote down exactly. The DA steps forward and he and he says, "What? What about the charges?" And the DA says, "It's all good. <laughs> it's all good, baby. They it's all good. Him, Legally speaking, a, it's all good." They hand him like a phone and they're like, "Have you heard of something called crypto?" <laughs> I thought they were going to try to sell me crypto coins. Yes. They say it's a new cryptocurrency account, and then there's a long pause like they're going to pitch bronzy coin. Yeah. Oh, God. I'd lo- I would have bought some bronzy coin. <laughs> Listen, you need to, you got to give your apes slurp juice. That's how you evolve your apes. And then they give him $127,500 in crypto, and then they literally explain money to him. Not crypto money, just like the very. <laughs> idea of currency to him and i argue that they get it wrong yeah this money can be exchanged for goods and services we don't know how it's done in hungary like oh no in hungary our money is ball peen hammers i like that they just also added another zero to the amount he was requesting yes like i think he would be upset that they didn't take the quarter off of that like no i already got quarter i am no thief They paid him for starting a prison riot. <laughs> and then they like, then now they're offering him a job. As, and, as an elite, okay, hold on. They're offering right. him a job as an elite mercenary to work for the government, like off the books hitman work. Yes. And he says, my brother always said America is land of opportunity. That's a for yes. CIA wet work? Did he mean for CIA <laughs> wet work? Because I don't think he meant for CIA wet work. I just love that they think this is the guy to do like covert CIA missions there would be a huge amount of media attention on the fact that someone blew up a prison warden with a grenade launcher. With With Charles Bronson's face. And found an explosion-proof species of bird. And left numerous witnesses. (laughs) (laughs) Just that Uh, they made a... a, They were trying to rip off a simple prison break movie, which they had the template for, and at the end they're like, we need to set this up as a sequel franchise instead of being like... He's on the run. They're like, he's going to be a super spy now. Like fucking Assault on Precinct 13 ended with Dylan Precinct joining the 13 elite <laughs> super spies that run the United States. Like, it's what do you do? You're spinning off 18 different movies here. My favorite part is here. One of my favorite parts, I guess, of many of this beautiful movie. But like they... They do a both a Chekhov's ball peen hammer and a Chekhov's mm-hmm. tire exactly ma- macerator because there is one last thread to wrap up. Uh, Bronzy goes back to the tire warehouse with the hammer, the exact hammer, and uh, the the mafia boss pulls a gun, but of course hammer beats gun. He just bashes the gun out of his hand with the hammer, right? And uh, has him tie himself up. He's like, "I have you at hammer point. <laughs> tie yourself up," and then they he tosses. The end of the rope, uh, just like a nylon tow, tow rope, he tosses it into the tire disposal machine and leaves. And he never figures out a way out of this. He just gets pulled in and eaten, hands first. You live by the tire, you yeah, die the, by the, the tire. E- yeah, the evil mafia guy, he's like, our, our guy, um, Robert Bronzy, just leads him up. And he, and there's a lot of pleading like, no, you're you're a good guy. Like, you wouldn't 
have this rope feed me into this uh, tire uh, macerator machine. Uh, would you, sir? And Robert Bronzy is like, no, I am the bad son. My brother, <laughs> right. he was the good son. Me, no, I feed people to tire eating machine. Right. You kill wrong brother. You kill wrong brother. <laughs> Mommy always said to me, son, you are not good like your brother. You look like the man that would feed a man to a tire eating machine. Anyway. And I say, mother, English not so good, but you are <laughs> no lady. Ah, <laughs> <laughs> oh, what a beautiful movie. And what then we, hold on, we end on a slow zoom to the hammer where it says, oh, made in America. Not and that's the last way to end this frame movie. <laughs> in the movie. This movie, which was made starring a foreign knockoff of an American human. Einstein Hooters, Frankfurt. Dog Junction, America's last comedy, children's variety, trivia, hee-haw laughing for Christ. Now here's Robin Markey. Thanks, Yodel and Julius. I'm Rob, and my friend Marky here wants to tell you all about the supremest cats this side of Job 410. Take it away, Marky. Aaron Croston, Adrian H, Aaron Roy. Alpha size Java. Alpha size Alpha. Alpha scientist Java. Yeah. An Andy. Arando Nova. It's Benjamin Cyrannan. Uh-huh. Brandon Garler. Brian Sailor. Marito. Cyril. Clementine Danger? Yeah, that's Clementine Danger. Reglamine! Pirates! Tandy! Darren the Rock Supreme! David Shaw! Dean Costello! Griffin! Dusty's Red Tunnel! Eric Rian! Everything! Fancy Shark! Oh, I'm doing really good! Barrett! Jellaho! Greg Cunningham! Hamron! Harappa! Fire-Hagliver! 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 Hello? Uh, Harvey Penguini. Harvey Penguini. Hot Fart! Hulk! I'm not gonna get this one! Jaber L. Aiden. Yeah, okay. James Lloyd. Jeff Arasky. Jeff Salter. John Dean. John McCann. John Inkoff. Joseph Charles. Josh Piss. 
Thomas Kavatsos. Okay. Chai Tostiga. Ali G. Leland Russell. Yanis Ionidas. Yosarian. And last but not least, Vintover. 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 Okay, okay, hold on. I'm gonna take it to heart. I'm just gonna do it fast, real fast. Read over! I'm gonna help. Ooh, fuck this, I'm gonna go eat some kids. <laughs> 